everybody today? Enjoy seeing that beautiful sunshine out there, huh? Well, this morning, we conclude our first stop in cruising through the Corinthians. But we've, our first stop has involved the good, the bad, and the ugly. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the ugly. But we're not going to pay too much attention to the ugly because of what God has in store for us. God can transform us into something greater and bigger than what we can see ourselves. So if you have your Bible, open up with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to start with verse 12. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12 starts this way. Since then, we have such a hope. We act with great boldness. We are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from gazing steadily until the end of the glory of what was being set aside. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Yet still today, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come this morning to you, just praising and worshiping, worshiping you, we ask that you be in this gathering, in this room. Just open our hearts and minds to what you want us to hear, to hear what you want us to do in our lives. Where we want to go from the ugly and be transformed into this, this glorious being, into something great, something big, something that we can go and move mountains. Lord, we, we just ask that you be with us Keep us safe, keep us protected, but also just give us the strength that we need to go out and share your love with this world. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So after being on a business tramp, a trip, a man thought it would be nice to bring his wife a small gift. So he, he went up to the cosmetic counter at a, at a business and he said, how about some perfume? So she showed him a bottle costing $50. He said, that's a bit much. So he returned with a smaller bottle. How about $30? He said, that's still too much, he complained. Growing annoyed, the clerk brought a tiny $15 bottle. You know, he said, what I meant is that I'd like to see something really cheap. And with that, the clerk handed him a mirror. We've all heard the uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? We all remember the chil children's story about Snow White and how the mirror would tell the evil queen whatever she wanted to hear. Kind of like Satan does in our lives or anybody who's willing to listen. But if we take a look at it this morning, when we look at the mirror, what do we see? Do we see our own hard-heartedness? Do we see the ugly? Do we see some sort of blind spot that's blinding 
where we can go? Do we see the gray hair? Do we see the big nose, the double chins, the glasses that we put on our face? What do we see? Do we see the ugly, the bad, or the good? Do we see more of Jesus, or do we see more of us? 2 Corinthians, go back to verse 18. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is in the Spirit. Let me share another story with you. It's about an Amish boy and his older father who went into the big city for the first time, and they were amazed at everything they saw. Having grown up and lived all their lives in a rural farm, everything was completely too new to them. Then they left their horse and buggy on the street, walked into a skyscraper, and as the boy and father entered the building, there stood two shiny doors that could move apart and come back together again, left them spellbound. They stood there watching these doors until the son asked his father, What is this, father? The father, never having seen an elevator before, responded, Son, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know what it is. When the, while the boy and his father were watching wide-eyed, an old man in a wheelchair rolled up to the moving doors and pressed a button. The doors opened and the man rolled between them into a small room. The doors closed and the boy and his father watched small circles with numbers in them light up above the doors. They continued to watch the circles light up in the reverse direction. The doors opened again, and a 24-year-old young buck stepped out. The father said to his son, Boy, hold my things. <laughs> you see, when we, look at, when we think about transition, transformations, God doesn't want us to look and see with our natural eyes what we see in the mirror every day. Because what we see in the natural is limited. It is limited to our surroundings and to our own understanding. You see, in the natural, it may look like we might feel sick, weak, broken, or depressed. But God wants you to see beyond the natural. God wants you to see yourself the way he sees you. Victorious and not the victim. Healed and not strong. And I mean healed and not sick. Strong and not weak. The head and not the tail, blessed and whole because Christ is in you. If you turn over to Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you look at yourself because of the relationship that you have with his son, he wants you to see what he sees. He sees the righteousness of Jesus. You see, he doesn't see all the imperfections, all the wrinkles, all the things that are going wrong in our lives. He doesn't see the shortcomings. He doesn't see our sinful nature. He doesn't see our downfalls, our blemishes. He sees all the possibilities that are waiting for you to arrive at. The plans and the blessings that you won't have to work to discover because he has already placed them in your path for you to run into. God wants you to look at your reflection. When you see your reflection, what do you see? What do you see when you look at the mirror? Do you see the glory of his son 
who is in you by his spirit. As we begin to do this, his word says that we are being transformed from glory to glory, from poor to rich, sick to healed, from losing to winning. But the accuser in this world says things like this. It can't be that easy. You can't be transformed by just beholding the glory of Jesus. What about if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. If it were that easy, there wouldn't be all the problems in the world there is today. And you know what? Maybe on the surface, what he does say does sound reasonable. But remember, this line of thinking is from the father of all lies and completely contrary to what the Bible proclaims. Because the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, nothing is impossible when you put your faith and trust in God. Nothing is impossible. How many of you realize that if you believe this passage of Scripture, it eliminates all the possibilities of failures? Instead, those who listen to unbelief are saying to themselves, not so fast. Now wait just a minute here. There's not the... That's not the way things are taught. That's not the way that I've come from knowing to do things. If you're going through change, if you're going to change things, you must do something first about it. If you don't put in effort, nothing's going to happen. If you don't start making changes, nothing will change. And when you do that, you make it all about your self-effort. You see more of you in that mirror. Only what your capabilities can deliver is what you're doing to yourself. And that's what the accuser wants you to believe. He has, he has the brain, he has brainwashed the world and convinced that that's what they should think. The world will never understand that as you are beholding the glory of the Lord, he is the successful one in you. He is the one who is changing you. He is the one who deserves your, the credit and by believing and acknowledging these things, you are being transformed from the inside out in this process. You see, God's Holy Spirit is the one responsible for your success, for your transformation, from getting you from point A to point B, from getting you from off the streets, being a drug addict or alcohol or addicted to pornography into this new being, this new Christian, this, this one who's on fire for the Lord. He's the one who deserves all the glory. Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says this. So he answered me, this is the word of the Lord, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by strength or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of armies. What are you, what are you great mountain, before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain and he will bring out the capstone accompanied by shouts of grace, grace to it. Not by might, nor by power, but my spirit, says the Lord. Whose might, whose power, whose spirit, none other but God's. By your might, by your power, how much is possible? Not much, if any. But by his might, his power, his spirit, is there anything that's not possible? Absolutely not. 
There are stories out there uh, of people who've been in prison, people who've been convicted of felonies and murders, and, and people who are doing downright terrible things that are giving their lives to Christ, that are doing and making differences in this world because of the transformation that Christ can give to us. Yes, they were ugly. Yes, they looked at the terrible things in that mirror. But one day, something happened. One day, they looked in that mirror and they saw Jesus. And that's when it all changed. You see, everything is possible. Everything is possible with, with God and His Word declares it. I don't know about you, but in my Bible, Philippians chapter 3 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Through who? That's right. Through Jesus. Not my ability, but his amazing, unlimited, never-ending, 12 baskets left, oh, running over, walking on water, take that mountain kind of ability. And the message puts it this way. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. And you can. You really can do anything. And you can know and you know how I know this? Because God's word says you can, and God has given us his promises. Forget about all the unbelief, forget about all the ugliness, forget about it, and replace it with trust and belief in Christ. Just rest in what he can do instead of what you can do. All you have to do is believe and follow Christ's example. When God looks at us, if we have a relationship with his son, he sees his son's perfection. He doesn't see our imperfections. And thank goodness he doesn't. Because I don't know about you, I can be pretty messy, I can be pretty ugly. The Bible says that they are washed in the blood, cleansed forever, never to be remembered again. And when we look in the mirror, which is every single day when we're getting ready in the morning, for most of us, we should see the same thing God sees. His son, his righteousness, his ability living in us. And because of that, he has given to us every benefit that Jesus has available to him. Just as he was giving them to his very own son. And I don't know about you, but I'm praising God for that. Again, how do we know this? Because God's word tells us. He has given us his personal guarantee. So we have something that we can stand on, we can hold on to, that we can believe in. You see all the benefits that have been proved, provided for us at the cross. And I want you to realize and take rest on this statement. That the moment that we receive what Jesus did for us by dying for our sins and accepting him as our personal Lord and Savior, all of God's promises and benefits become ours to experience and enjoy. Let me say that again. The moment that we receive what Jesus did for us by dying for our sins and accepting him as our personal Lord and Savior, all of God's promises and benefits become ours to experience and enjoy. 1 John chapter 4, verses 12 through 17 says this. 
No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us to his spirit, and we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as to the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God. And God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us. So that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. What a bold passage of statement, passage of scripture. It's a bold statement. It's also a very true statement. God's word declares it. Do you believe it? You should, and you should take rest in it. As he is, so are we in this world. Not as he is, and if we do everything we know to do, we can ask advice from others to do in this world. But he is. And so are we in this world. We should be proclaiming these words in and over our daily lives. Because I can tell you, when you start thinking this way, casting away the unbelief and resting on his ability instead of your own, this will change your life and allow him to work in your life like never before. And when you make this amazing realization, your world changes. You see, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So stop focusing on yourself and your efforts and look away from these things and being and begin to behold the glory of God. Begin to look at Jesus when you look in the mirror. Begin to see that Jesus has a grip and a hold of your life, and he wants to change you and transform you. He doesn't want you to focus on the sins that you've committed. He doesn't want you to focus on the downfalls, the shortcomings. He wants you to focus on him. Give it all over to him. And when you do, it can change your life and allow him to work like never before. When you begin to lay hold of the changes and the miracles in your life you are seeking for, you are seeking him for, begin to ask yourself, mirror, mirror, on the wall, who is the one responsible for me having anything at all? Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the one responsible for me having anything at all? It's not me, it's not you. Only God deserves the credit for that question. But it all starts with the one in the mirror making the decision to believe and quickly becomes about Jesus who lives in the heart of the individual in that mirror. It shifts the focus of right doing and self-effort to right believing and complete dependence on his efforts and his endless capabilities alone. You see, God wants us to take rest in what he has given us and to rest assured in this life that he has given to us. 
There is nothing that has been left out. He thought of everything we would ever have need of and included it with his amazing grace and love he gave on Calvary. Every promise he has ever made has been guaranteed by it. The very same love that he has for his own son. He not only loved us enough to send his son to redeem us, but loved us enough to give us access to everything Jesus has as well when we establish relationship with him. All is made possible by the finished work of Calvary. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, many of you know it. Many of you can recite it by memory. But it says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Do you know Him today? Are you living in his extravagant love today? Are you resting in his reflection in the mirror today instead of your own? Let me say, start to see what God sees. Believe that he wants his very best for you in your life. Set aside any unbelief and rest in his amazing ability to deliver that transformation, that change in your life. The abundant life has already been prepared and is waiting for you. If we go back to 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all with unveiled faces are looking as in the mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is in the Spirit. If we... Look at this mirror this morning. Maybe, maybe as we're singing our song of invitation, or, or some song, uh, we can come up and, and look at ourselves in the mirror. Maybe you need that opportunity to begin to look at yourself. Do you see more of you, or do you see more of Christ? Do you see the blemishes? Do you see the alcoholism, the drugs, the, the pornography, the, 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 the struggles, the, the divisiveness, the, the negativity? Or do you see Christ? Do you see Christ working and transforming you into the being that he wants you to be? There's a lot of ugly in this world. There's a lot of things that are bringing us down. There's a lot of things that are affecting us every single day. There are divisions. There are abuse, abusive relationships. There are negative words. There are tons of things that are out there that are affecting us. It's the ugly. Does the ugly affect us in our ability to love the world out there? Do we see more of Jesus in us? Do we see the people that aren't believers, that aren't Christians, that don't know Jesus as Jesus would see them? Or do we ultimately just go and judge them and say, I'm not going to spend my time with them? So this morning, as we come to a close, 
I, I want to make it a challenge for you is that this morning when you go home every single day, next week, couple months, whatever, look at that mirror. Who do you see? Do you see yourself? Do you see yourself getting in the way? Do you see the things that you struggle with getting in the way? Do you see the ugly? Do you see the gray hair? You get a lot of it, I tell you. Do you, do you see the, the double chins? Do you see the blemishes, the imperfections? Where do you see Christ as he wants you to see yourself? Because Christ loves you. Christ gave it all for you. God sent his son to die on a cross because he loved us so much. He didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save it. He wants to have a relationship with you. So this morning, as we ask you come up, get ready to sing. I'm going to leave this mirror up here. If you guys want to, you know, come down the center aisle, come down the side aisles, look at the mirror. The mirror's up here for you to look at yourself, to see what Jesus wants you to see in you. Because you're loved, because he cares for you, he gave his life for you. He doesn't want you to focus on that ugly anymore. He wants you to focus on the transformation that can happen because of what he's done for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time of invitation and communion and just closing up our time here this morning, we want to focus on you. We want to focus on what you have in store for us. We want to focus on the transformation that you can allow to happen in our lives. Lord, there's a lot of ugly, there's a lot of sin, there's a lot of things that that keep us back. And Lord, we just ask that you help us to push that aside, bring it at, at your feet and know that you can help us look past that. To look at how you want us to be seen in your eyes. How you want us to see others out in the world that don't know you. Lord, we want to do nothing but praise and worship you. We want to do nothing but share your love because of the love that you've shown to us. Lord, we're all sinners. We deserve nothing. But you gave it all for us. Even though we were ugly, you still see us and welcome us with a welcome arm, with open arms, loving us every step of the way. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do for us and just giving us the time to worship and to praise you and just to hear your message. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.